Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Que cosa sucede? Ni hao, pubiet. Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most interesting, intellectual, and artistic people in the world. Everyone has a story. Each person a scholar. We have a terrific episode for you today with a one-of-a-kind guest, professional diver, dive master, Ants Stern is our guest. Ants Stern is from Estonia, but is currently in Iceland as a PADI PADI tech instructor and SSI instructor, CCR diver, and underwater videographer and photographer. His photos are otherworldly, and being based in Iceland, there is no shortage of immaculate, dynamic, and mysterious photo opportunities. Divers are some of the coolest people on earth, and some of my favorite people that we've had on the show, from Andy Torbett to Tony Mishliev, and now Ant Stern, I am just enamored and thrilled chatting with, with divers, and I want to learn so much more. To me, divers have a zest for living, a zest for life, an appreciation of nature, and a relentless curiosity, and with those characteristics, they always make for great conversations, and with Ants, I was blown away from the jump. The Estonian has scuba dived. In over 20 countries, many of them in exotic locations in the South Pacific. He's also spent time working and living on a sailing ship. He now finds himself in one of the best countries in the world, Iceland, where he helps others cultivate their love of diving. On today's episode, Ants chats about how diving has improved his life and how it's changed his ethos and philosophy for living. Ants also discusses his time on the sailing ship and reminisces on how much fun those days were. Lastly, Ants discusses how he searches for new photo opportunities in Iceland, especially with the added bonus content of having an active volcano a stone's throw away. Ugh, I can't even believe it, but you should see his pictures. This conversation was so much fun. Like I said, he blew me away from the beginning of the episode, and it's fascinating and humbling at the same time to hear someone say, if you see the Northern Lights, don't wake me up. I've seen them many times. <laughs> uh, he jokingly said that sentence in, towards the end of the episode, and I haven't stopped thinking about it <laughs> because I think that's just a prime example of Ants pursuing adventure and how he routinely puts himself in extraordinary places. For many guests on the show, the theme is living a full life and finding ways to do what one loves, and Ants is doing that tenfold. One of the best guests we've had on the show. I feel like I'd, I could listen to this episode on loop. Thrilled for everyone to meet him. So let's go ahead and bring on scuba dive master, scuba trainer, videographer, and our first Estonian, Ant Stern. And let's learn. Lately, I've been obsessed with diving. I haven't started diving personally yet, but that's one of my goals for the year is to get scuba certified. You know where to come over to get you certified in Iceland. I mean, is there a better place in the world to get certified to scuba than Iceland? Well, probably not. <laughs> I, I would agree. I mean, yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. That's cool. Um, just to, yeah, maybe I was just checking your, uh, some of your podcast uh, last night as well. And, you know, just going over all the lists and the, all those incredible people. Um, to be honest, I, I stopped on a solo travel. Uh, you know, you had the guy who's been there a few times, two times from Australia. Uh, I mean, I've been solo traveling a lot myself. So it was, I, I just stopped and listened to both of his his podcasts as well and you know i've been living in thailand and you know all that kind of stuff so so it's it's really cool the solo traveling is definitely the way to go every once in a while did scuba diving take you to iceland yeah yeah basically exactly what happened i was in thailand and uh, and one of my students um she was doing a dive master course um in thailand so she came back here and she's got family here so 
one day she just uh, sent me an email hey um, i know you're interested of coming uh, to iceland as a tourist so she was like hey why don't you come over and we got a, a job for you and, and see if you like it and and you know the rest is the history oh my gosh I already know I like you so much more. I can just tell. I got some <laughs> I'm really, really, really thrilled. I was really looking forward to chatting with you today. I'm going to back it up and just wonder, when was it that you first became interested in diving? Uh, it's kind of a, a funny story in a way. I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of instructors have a funny stories how they started, but uh, I was kind of just uh, hanging out with my friends and then and some, it was back home in Estonia at that time, 2012. So actually, it's not that long ago. Um, but yeah, I was just hanging out with my friends and one of them just said, I know, I know an instructor who could just do like a discover scuba for us. And, you know, next weekend we're in the water. Um, we have this really cool place in Estonia um, where basically it's a limestone mine. So it's all floated. It was where, next to the old Soviet prison. So they have houses, excavators, uh, all the heavy machinery, you know, lampposts and prison walls underwater. So it was my first dive. Somehow I managed to kind of get away with them from my instructor and just went directly to the garage, you know, my first ever dive. And, and she finally caught, caught up me and pulled me out from my, you know, pulled me back from my fins and kind of uh, tracked me out and said, no, no, no. But I think that was probably the moment when I said, oh, that's, that's pretty cool. Oh, man. What a, what, a, what a story. When did it turn for something that is doing for fun turn into something that was more of a career for you? Yeah. So it's kind of, again the long story i try to keep it short but uh so i ended up in australia after working in estonia for a while as a physical therapist and then i had a moment when i just went backpacking um and i just got really hooked up over there did my I did some of my courses over there uh, and then after a while i just decided that uh, i want to look around a bit and i ended up in a in french polynesia for for some funny reason in tahiti uh, morea as well um and before I got there, I actually managed to find um, a guy who was sailing around the world, an Estonian guy, solo. Um, and I just sent him an email, hey man, um, I'm going to have some free time. I want to learn about sailing. No previous experience at all. Um, and uh, basically, can I, can I kind of come and, and learn and help you out? And he was like, yeah, sure. Where do you want to meet? You want to wait in Australia for three months or you want to come to Panama? Or um, I was like, well, what about Tahiti? So... Uh, I went there like three weeks before. So by the time he got there, I already been, you know, diving all around. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so I jumped on a sailing boat and, I, and then we did all like Tonga, Fiji, Vanuatu, Cook Islands. And I was diving in each one of those islands. And, you know, and I was, you know, let's be honest, my first maybe 50 dives I did in like 20 different countries in, in the paradises. So, so it's just impossible not to love it in a way. Goodness. And then, and then, yeah, it's just uh, after the sailing boat um, journey kind of uh, ended up in Thailand, uh, meeting a friend before that in Indonesia who said, well, I did my dive master in 95. He was a, you know, in 40s, big Finnish guy with a big belly and <laughs> kind of told me I did my, my dive master in 95 with these guys. Well, and then I just went there. Even then I was just, I'm going to do it for fun. I, I had some money saved up from my work in, from Australia. So I was kind of... Uh, well, let's just do it for fun. I got take three months to do my dive master. I made sure that, you know, I don't have to do it quickly. Had fun over there. And then the guys were like, well, can you, you want to work for us a bit? I said, well, cannot say no, you know, I don't have any better plan. So I kind of ended up doing my instructor with them as well. And um, really solid guys, uh, all from uh, kind of Nordics. Uh, actually two of those, uh, my kind of the owner of the dive shop and my instructor who I did my instructor training 
Um, both of those guys actually ended up uh, in this uh, cave rescue in, in Thailand as well, uh, saving those kids over there. So I got my I got my training from pretty pretty decent technical divers, yeah. I could say. I interview people and I chat with people from around the world, all different professions. But I got to tell you, you were one of the coolest people I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh, I didn't know about the sailing aspect. So for you, jumping on a ship for the first time, what was that like? What were some of the first memories you think of when you think of your time sailing? Uh, it started pretty pretty hectic. So I got we met in 19th of May. So uh, spent the night. He just got some groceries, all that kind of stuff. And then morning of 20th of May, he said, well, what do you think about, you know, cleaning the hull? And I was like, well, you know, I've done free diving and, you know, a couple of courses. And, you know, I was uh, already, what, I don't know, rescue level maybe that time. Um, and I was like, well, I can do it, you know, I can free dive. And he wasn't, you know, he didn't have any idea um, how to kind of do it in a reasonable, safe way alone. Uh, so I was just scrubbing the hull. Uh, he was playing the music from the boat so you could have the, you know, you could, you could feel the music underwater. It was like a 50 meter visibility. Uh, I was always, of course, looking around for sharks and I was kind of scraping the bottom. And then the guy was like, all right, we're done. Let's go. And then he just turned the engine on, sailed out of the reef. And he said, well, it's for you. No, you're in charge. I'm going to go to sleep. I just took the wheel <laughs> and that was crazy. Wow. My goodness, my goodness. So many questions, but I want to stick to some of the, the plan. Your photography, because your photography and your videos you've taken, they're immaculate. They're so amazing. A lot of it is just locations you've been. And I'm curious, when you're out there looking for a photo, is it pre-planned? You're like, I know this is a great location for photos, or is it just, I'm always inspired and there could be a photo at any time and just kind of being spontaneous? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a bit of everything in a way. Um, of course, we, we, I have a couple of my dive buddies who are, you know, who are willing to stay longer than, let's say, one hour in Icelandic waters. You know, when we talk about two and three degree waters, uh, not so many friends, normally people, normal people, when they go fun diving in these waters, they're like 30, 45, maybe an hour. Uh, but we do, you know, like two hour dives uh, just to kind of hang out, you know, really get to the vibe. Uh, so it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's just, we take cameras and just, we, we dive, uh, sometimes you know two three times a week just just us no no customers no nobody to worry about and and then uh, yeah sometimes we we kind of go and say let's let's take some photos today you know let's just go one of those crystal clear places with crystal clear water uh but every now and then you know we're just gonna just put the cameras in a in a car and then decide uh, if you get to the place and if it's worth to take them in and uh, it's it's i would say that i yeah i take a lot of photos and you know i i kind of I always have a feeling that if I don't take my camera, I'm going to see something really cool. So, <laughs> so I rather always drag it with me. Um, so I, I think, uh, yeah, some of the things, of course, we go out for the idea of catching something, you know, some unique places you go a few times a year in Iceland because the, the road access, you can only go there summertime. You have to cross the rivers with a four wheel uh, drive, walk, you know, with scuba gear on, cross the rivers, hike like 30 minutes with, you know, 30 to 40 kilos on your back. Uh, get to the spot and then you know you cannot take the camera it's a crime so you know uh, of course sometimes we know that we're going to take some photos and you know it's it's for me it's now one of my ways of kind of expressing myself as a, as a diver as well uh, you know one moment when you kind of get to the comfort zone you're looking for different different things to kind of keep learning so camera was kind of my my way and of course I do a lot of other stuff as well but like weekly, I'm not gonna, you know, in Iceland is not one of those places you go 
uh, every weekend you go and do a technical dive or something. It's just uh, too rough and not enough depth around uh, where we live here as well. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of uh, just, yeah, camera with me. Let's dive and, and see what's going to be fine. Yeah, and not all your photos are underwater. You've got some brilliant ones on land, especially ice in such a great place for for the scenery. And recently, you got just an, an addition to the amazing photos you can take with the volcano. Gosh, I mean, these oh, are yeah. active. What's the volcano been like? Uh, well, it's it's kind of like a national sport now, to be honest. Um, <laughs> so it was a sad story. So we got back from the Bon Air. I was on a holidays over there. And it, in, when you come back to Iceland, you need to have five, day, five days of uh, isolation. Mm -hmm. And the volcano went off when we were in, you know, <laughs> stuck. So we were, we were literally like, you know, bleeding, <laughs> like kind of hoping that it doesn't stop by the time we get out of the, you know, the eruptions won't stop. So, uh, so, but now luckily they said that it shows, well, they still don't know, even all the scientists don't know how it will, how long it will last, but they're kind of thinking it can go for years even. So I've been there five times now, uh, basically every possible time of the day, like, you know, Sunset, sunrise, nighttime, middle of the day, sunny, you know, kind of thing. So uh, it's it's incredible, um, especially in the beginning when you can get so close to the crater where you can actually feel the ground shaking and, you know, wow. you just lay on a moss and just, you know, have your sandwich and, you know, just stay there for hours. Can you feel so, the heat yeah. from it too as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the lava lava flow now is incredible. You have like literally massive rivers flowing, flowing out. So you can actually go there nighttime when you have minus 10 degrees Celsius outside and you can just go next to the uh, close to the lava and just it just gives you warm. This might be the first interview that I had to stop and then order my ticket to Iceland. And while I'm talking <laughs> other priorities, now I got to book this ticket because this is I have to go see this volcano. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Aside from the temperature differences, what are some of the main differences between uh, the Northern Hemisphere or even particularly areas around Iceland for diving and then areas in the South Pacific and around uh, Thailand, Tahiti and that? Yeah, well, it's, yeah, the weather, weather is almost everything in, in a way that uh, when I go diving, actually, I don't really check anything else than wind in Iceland. I don't check how, is it sunny? Is it rainy? I don't care about that. I just check the wind. That's Iceland in a way that, you know, every now and then they actually close the roads where you want to go. So, you know, yeah. we've been sitting in a, in a, in a snowstorms with customers and, you know, roads are closed, waiting for them to clean them up. And people are like, are we really going to go diving? I said, well, of course, just, uh, just give it to wait. They're going to clean it up and we're going to go, you know. So that's the biggest difference, I guess, is just the, the weather is, it's, it's hectic. And, you know, we've been diving with, with customers in, in, you know, main place Silfra with like minus 20 degrees outside. So that's, that's different, I would say. Yeah. And I can relate to that. I was, I was leaving Reykjavik to go to, to Vic Beach and I was super excited to see the black sand of Vic Beach. And we had to turn around because the winds were too heavy for our bus and we had to turn around. So. Yeah, I've seen a, a white car sanded by the black sand of, like, it was literally gray color. So that, so paint came off from the sand. So. I always tell people that Iceland is like Mars. It's like a different planet altogether. It's, it's incredible. You are an ambassador for underwater exploration. I think that your photos really promote the beauty and the mystery of being underwater. And I think that being said, can you talk more about the importance of being ecologically moral and then just conscious and, and being aware so that we can take care of our underwater environments? 
Yeah, I was I was I was thinking about it before as well that uh, you know everything starts um, in different places. It can start from home, you know, it can start from school, it can start from sort of in some cases in our open water course. But uh, I think for me, when I grew up, um, I never even thought it's an option to kind of not to take care of the environment. Um, it's uh, you know if I see people throwing something on the ground, either. If I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to say something, hey, can you please pick it up? Or if I'm in a good mood, I just pick it up myself, you know. Um, but yeah, for the students or, you know, if you're a diver as well, I, don't, I think it's a crime uh, to be a diver and not to care about uh, where you're diving, basically, the ocean. And, and, and I think we could have, you know, three hours of talk about environment and, and you know, how to do it uh, better and what, how, how everybody could kind of chip in. But I think... I think it just yeah start simple start from yourself um, and just be example uh, you know in a in a course as a diver as a person on land you know it's it's, it's there's a lot to do you know I'm not gonna I'm I'm in a place where I've been thinking a lot and you know kind of find kind of a peace inside of me and, and not to get grumpy for others and you know kind of in a way that I've been there in, in a situation where you know it's just a it's just example you know I I ate meat for I don't know 29 years. Now, last four or five years, I don't eat meat. I'm not charging others, but it's like one of those small steps, you know, just be example. And then one day, you know, your parents are eating less meat and then everybody eats a bit less meat. And, you know, it's it's better to, better to be nice to people and kind of be example than start blaming someone and so on. So, yeah, I think uh, that's that's my, my take. That's very well said. What about the interactions you've had with animals and wildlife? What have been some of the most memorable ones? Well. Yeah, I've been I've been relatively lucky with um, let's say finding some some things underwater. Like I mean, I was in Tonga. I could you know I was in the water with humpback whales, or or I've been actually with humpback whales um, like free diving and and even with my big camera in in Iceland as well. Um, slightly different if you have five meter visibility and you have those creatures coming next to you. Um, and then yeah, we have you know we have seals. I've seen big sharks around you know in especially in the in the Pacific you know in in I think it was in uh, next to French Polynesia in Morea, uh, you know, four or five meter tiger sharks and stuff like this. So um, I'm just missing a couple of things. Orcas, uh, definitely in my list. Um, gonna get my, you know, got my uh, good proper rebreather for that and go to Norway or something like that. Yeah. Um, what else is in my list? I had another diver who said it was a Chinese sea snake, about scared him half to death. Yeah. I haven't. I don't know if I've seen Chinese snakes. I, I'm pretty okay with snakes, to be honest, underwater for some reason. But if I see them on the land, ah, you know, I've been in Australia. I've seen a couple of uh, brown snakes, very a little bit too close to me. You know, I'm okay with them doing their own thing. But you know, it's, I'd rather not be, you know, too close. Yeah. One thing that really attracts me to diving is just the uncertainty, because so much of underwater has been unexplored by humans. We've been everywhere on land, but most of the water, in fact, has been unexplored by humans. And with that, it's also always changing. So for you, I'm sure your curiosity is through the roof. Every time you go out in the water, it's, it's, it's fresh. It's doing something new. So how do you handle all that curiosity that comes with uncertainty, but also temper it by being safe at the same time and not letting your, you know, your eyes get too big and maybe do something that you shouldn't do? Yeah, um, yeah. There's a there's a very let's call it a very thin line between uh, going full exploring and and keeping it extremely safe. I would say 
uh, of course, as a diving instructor, you know, you start from the how you teach people, and you know, always, uh, you know, from the very basics, have a good philosophy. You know, I think the main thing is for me is to kind of um, make make myself clear what can go wrong, because everything can go wrong, and what to do in that case. If you've been dealing with that a lot, and of course, you know, in, especially in Iceland, I take, you know, I dive side mount or I dive with like two tanks, you know, have another mask in your pocket, two computers, you know, basic like a self-reliant diver attitude, even if I have my dive buddies with me, because you can simply lose them in, you know, bad, bad visibility in an ocean, especially over here in 40, 30, 40 meters deep somewhere. And you, you really don't want to, uh, we normally, you know, we know each other so well and he's he's a commercial diver so i don't i don't even think that he actually looks at me once on a dive but basically you know we're kind of uh, yeah kind of focusing on our own safety first of course you know as me maybe as an instructor i always kind of pay attention to him as well and it's just a, like a profession kind of thing uh, but basically i think it's uh, yeah I, I i always have to think everything through in my head uh, what to do because there's so many different factors in ocean what can go wrong currents and stuff so it can be just ripped away but if you have some kind of you know you can never be 100 percent sure that's that's kind of the the thing as well that you know in diving if you go deeper uh there's so many factors but uh, you you just have to try your best and kind of uh, if you have a will to live then you really have to play it smart if you if you do that kind of explorations so it's it's all about knowing your um your kind of limit i guess yeah. in, in that sense yeah you mentioned that over the last few years you've changed your your eating habits and your food habits and i think a lot of that's probably inspired by your your desire to dive and to be out in nature so what other ways has a world and a life spent underwater how's that change your philosophy just on life and on being alive a uh, good one good question um, I think what, what I can learn over here is a lot of patience. Like it makes me, you know, especially with students, you know, it can be, you know, people are so different. People are coming here on holidays. Sometimes, you know, maybe they had a rough night, even though, you know, it's not excuse or um, people are so different. Some people are used to taking everything 10 times longer than I do normally. So it's just how to deal with people. Um, of course, we have the weather factor as well. So, you know, it's some, sometimes you just have to kind of just wait it out. You have to just, you know, we go somewhere and we just wait two, three hours to weather to get better. Um, stuff like this. I think it's, uh, yeah, the patience is, is something what I really can take from, from diving, definitely. And then, of course, safety factor as well. Kind of always, always kind of make sure everything is uh, pretty much 100% before I leave the, the dive shop when I pack my gear. So, there's no excuse of driving five hours and then realizing I forgot something, you know, or, you know, something like this. So I think uh, when I go hiking or something, I already, I do the checklist probably twice or three times in my head, not once. So yeah, that's something I can tell as well. Yeah. yeah I mean, you've traveled so much of the world, more than most and some exotic locations, which of the areas and the regions that you still think about, not necessarily your favorite, but just the one that you still think about and say, man, that, that was, that was a great day. Yeah, so I still have those awesome dive masters in, in Vanuatu uh, who take really good care of me. I was there and we were, we were just spending, I don't know, two weeks maybe, maybe 10 days um, over there. And these guys are just, you know, they're legends. They, they, they barely get any money for what they do over there. Sadly, uh, they have a great passion. They basically just took me to the village the first day told me that if you stay, come next time, you know, of course, I'm not going to come with a sailing boat. So they just have a house for me in a village and, 
you know, they took me to the all the wreck diving. I was, yeah, as I said, I was probably like rescue level and definitely not maybe trained for what we were doing over there. But, uh, you know, going in and like in big cargo ships and playing around with the guys, they were just using those torches like little guns, you know, like little kids. And uh, they're, they're just incredible guys. And um, I had really good memories from uh, Vanuatu. And, and of course, yeah, all the other stuff, you know, Fiji, Tonga. Yeah, it's, I definitely would like to go back there once at least. What do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last year, a year that's uh, obviously difficult for many, and I know it changed your life. What do you feel is the biggest lesson? And it doesn't have to be scuba-related, just anything of a life lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, in Iceland as well, especially, maybe the world is a bit different uh, in other countries, but in Iceland, you know, we're a little island, and, and we were really isolated. So that means Iceland was closed for a long time for anyone to come in. Uh, so all the tourism kind of stopped. Uh, so we had a lot of free time. Um, so I had a lot of time to kind of uh, just filter my life, uh, you know, what I want to do, what I want to learn, what, how I want to use all this free time, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think, um, I think uh, same thing as I mentioned already, what scuba diving came in, but kind of being patient as well, kind of see how things will sort out. Because every now and then, you know, we want to really rush into things and kind of uh, pick some the first thing that comes. Uh, I kind of kept my cool and uh, you know waited for something, uh, something to come to me this time. You know, every now and then I always say that you know you gotta you gotta do the first step yourself. Um, every now and then, maybe it's not a bad idea to kind of let it cool down a bit. You know, don't go with the first uh, feeling, uh, analyze, and yeah. Um, I had a lot of time to kind of think uh, what is important to me, you know, maybe paying more attention to your friends and family as well. You know, when we're always full-time working, you're kind of thinking that once a month uh, having a phone call is enough and so on. Uh, just, just you know, maybe maybe four times a month, then just send them a text. How is it going? You know, that, that's already actually keeping the, the bond a lot, a lot better than just the one phone call. So all these kind of things, I think the... Uh, the situation what we had last year, I think it kind of opened my my eyes a little bit more, uh, kind of set my focus a bit better in in those more like human relationships and stuff. I, I think so. Very cool, very cool. I admire and I appreciate that. Any plans coming up? I know travel's limited, but do you have any any big adventures planning up? I mean, it's it's hard to top what you have on a daily basis, being on an island with a volcano with an active volcano. So <laughs> your whole life is an adventure. But do you have any plans or travel plans? Yeah, well. Yeah, that's one of those things with, with me and my partner, uh, girlfriend Mikle as well. We, we always have to have something to wait for in our heads. So especially in Iceland, when you have really rough weather and you, sometimes you don't see a sun for like you know, a couple of months at all. So you got to have to have something that, okay, there's like in, in four or five months, I'm gonna, you know, we're going to go somewhere warm. So we kind of decided that for next, um, next uh, winter then, we're going to aim for, let's just hope that Asia will be open and, you know, Indonesia, Thailand, kind of have a look over there, maybe go and go do Raja Ampat as well, live aboard over there. That, that would be, you know, something I haven't done yet, which is in my very high in the list. Um, I still, you know, haven't decided which organ to sell for truck, truck lagoon uh, to get there. Uh, that's a little bit out of my budget yet, but I'm working on it. So definitely that. And then every now and then I like to go to Sweden. I have my awesome dive buddies over there, which I've been doing all my technical diving together and courses together. So they have over 10,000 wrecks in archipelago, you know, in Stockholm. So go there and say hello to the guys and, you know, have a little longer weekend maybe. How can people follow your career, follow your life? And then if they're interested, 
and some dive lessons, some dive opportunities. How can they find those? Uh, you know, I, actually, it's a funny story. I don't, I don't even know about this uh, kind of the following thing. It kind of ended up, you know, if you if you end up putting a lot of photos and then you end up having a decent amount of followers, but it's never really been like a big goal for me to, you know, as you said, like you used the word uh, ambassador and stuff. You know, I kind of do my thing, and and then of course I, I understand you completed. I I'm an example as well, you know, for a lot of people, and and that's really cool. Uh, you cannot even imagine, you know, how many people write to me and ask a lot of questions about diving and so on. But uh, but yeah, Instagram is definitely where I actually just yeah, I just needed a platform where you put my photos, and I decided that it would be Instagram, uh, just from my friends and family in the beginning, and then it just get a bit bigger. Um, and yeah, if you guys want to come diving, then either send me a text over there or so it's basically just dive dot is like Iceland. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's where I work uh, full time right now as well. And, and we do a lot of different, uh, you know, expedition tours, three and five day tours as well. So I'm, I'm kind of uh, mostly running, running these tours as well. And uh, yeah, just uh, awesome couple of days trips around going highlands going, you know, in those incredible places. So that's that's definitely one way to find me. When you are taking a class out, is it on lakes or do you go out into the ocean? Uh, depending on the weather. Um, normally, I try to combine it because you know when you start learning, you wanna I wanna get them people to get salt water and fresh water. So uh, if it's possible, uh, and of course we always put a cherry on a cake on a course already with some really cool dive sites like you know crystal clear spots and stuff like so just to just to make sure that these people will die forever. Yeah, that's that's good. I like that. Cool. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh man this was so much fun i know we're going to talk again hopefully the next time we chat we'll be in person and I'll, I'll be buying you a beer i struck out though when trying to see the northern light one of the times that i was there it was december perfect time to see it but it rained the entire week so clouds yeah so i didn't get to see them so yeah it must have must have hurt i already told my um my girlfriend that not to wake me up anymore when there's no lights. <laughs> i'm so used to that <laughs> I don't want to see him anymore. I've seen him enough. That is I'm, I'm sleeping now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That, I'm going to use that line on the, on the show. That, that's, that's perfect. I can't top that. So. Uh, cool. My man, this was great. You're the, you're the first person from Estonia on the show, but uh, this, was, this was really fantastic. I know we'll chat again, but I won't take up any more of your time, but this, this, was, this was awesome. This was so cool, man. You're one of my favorites. This was great. Cool. Thanks a lot. Well, let's, let's hear from you later. We will. We will. All right. All right. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Much appreciation to Ants. First of all, make sure you go to Instagram and follow him. Ants, A-N-T-S underscore Stern, S-T-E-R-N. And if you're interested in diving with Ants in Iceland, visit dive.is. Hopefully the next time I see Ants will be on a dive. My new book, Curiosity, is currently available on Amazon. Curiosity celebrates the knowledge that strangers have to offer. Everyone has unique expertise and endless wisdom awaits the perpetually curious. Featuring 200 episodes from the Any Given Runway Show, Curiosity explores the diverse lives of athletes, adventurers, and performers. From daring voyages across the Atlantic to unforgettable performances in the West End, Curiosity celebrates the sophisticated thing we call life. Everyone has a story. Each person is a scholar. Thank you for listening. Fill up that passport. I'll see you on the road. Adiento. Randall has become like, you know, New York's favorite son. <laughs>